Pine Sweat by Apple Crumpledore. Rating is explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is male-male. Fandom is supernatural. Relationship, Dean Winchester slash Sam Winchester. Characters, Sam Winchester, Dean Winchester, Zachariah, Supernatural, Castiel, Supernatural. Additional tags, Time Travel, Season, Series 5, Casefic, Camping, Pining, POV Alternating, First Time, Sharing a Bed, Samulet, Supernatural, Angst, Canon Typical Violence, Angel Fuckery, Blood and Injury, Animal Death, Brief, Tent Sex, Sexual Tension, Masturbation, Blowjobs, Choking, Secrets, Mild Gore, Trauma, Manipulation, Near-Death Experiences, Anal Sex, Happy Ending, Plus 20K Words, Early Series. Summary Sam watched Dean hack up firewood with his hatchet. The magically induced heat wave had his shirt soaked with sweat. Did you ever have a, uh, experimental phase? Sam smacked his lips, trying to think of a diplomatic way to phrase it. That kid, by which I mean you, has been staring. At me. Kind of a lot. Sam and Dean get sent back to 1996 and go on a hunt with their teenaged selves. The kids don't know who they are. Heat. Winter. 2009. The radiator in their motel room was broken, but it was worth putting up with for the $20 discount on the room. Dean took a decadently long shower to warm up, and Sam slept with towels draped over his comforter. They would only get a few hours rest, but it was better than they'd had lately, both of them hounded as they were by angels, and Sam by guilt and regret. The cold was bad enough that Sam looked over at the lumpy shape of Dean in the other bed and considered saying something about sharing body heat, but Dean would never let him live it down. Dean wasn't even in the mood to share a meal with him lately, so he figured sharing a bed would be a stretch. He fell asleep, thinking about Michael and Lucifer and how he hadn't heard Dean sing in the car for weeks. Sam woke up sweating. It was disorienting bright and screaming of wrongness. The bed wasn't a bed anymore. He was somewhere else, hard ground under him and bright, outside bright, brighter than South Dakota got on any winter morning. He blinked away with blurry eyes and pushed himself up, looked for the gun under his pillow and didn't find it because the pillow was gone. The bed was gone. The whole damn room was gone and it was dirt and rocks under his palm, not sheets. He was about to shout for Dean when he saw Dean lying on the ground next to him. Dean. He shook Dean's shoulder and looked around, frantic. They were at the edge of a forest, deciduous trees, near midday by the position of the sun. The air was clean but burning hot and muggy. He got up on his haunches and watched the bushes for movement. No bindings on Dean's wrists or his own, and no marks that said any had been there. No phones either, no knives or guns, and he didn't remember waking up during the move to wherever they were.
There was nothing between his bed in the frigid motel room and here. They were still in the jeans and shirts they'd fallen asleep in. Dean. Radiator kicked in. God damn. Dean mumbled. Turn it off. Sam hissed. You are on the ground. Dean snuffled into his folded arms and made a confused noise, lifted his head and turned over. Sam's hand pulled him over faster. Dean woke up all at once. Shit. Thank you. Sam watched impatiently as Dean went through the same frantic checklist he had, including patting an invisible pillow for his gun. Where the hell are we? Dean said, sitting up. No idea. Here. Sam picked up Dean's hand and examined his wrist, his forearm. Let me check for marks. Dean watched him turn his arm over. I didn't wake up, not for a second. You? I don't think so. You feel groggy? Nah. Sam didn't either. He checked Dean's veins, the inside of his arm and the side of his neck, pulse thumping hard under his fingers. No needle marks or signs of bindings. It could be worse, he offered. He got to his feet and gave Dean a hand up. Maybe they left us the car. Sam wiped the sweat from his face, looked at the sun's position again, and tried and failed to see any kind of landmark through the trees. He picked a direction and went. Dean asked, Who's they, you think? Sam thought about being held down by those guys in the bar when he tried to make his clean break from Dean, spitting blood. Rogue hunters pissed about the apocalypse, if I had to guess. That was only a few weeks ago, and it wasn't impossible that those guys or other guys like them had escalated it, knocked him and Dean out, and abandoned them in the wilderness to starve as some kind of street justice. He hadn't told Dean about any of it. It felt too pathetic. Dean just nodded at that. Sam tucked his hair behind his ear and glanced over at Dean walking next to him. Sullen, black t-shirt sweating through. Hair stuck up on one side from sleep. Things hadn't been great between them. Sam didn't know how to fix it besides acting like a kicked dog and trying to pretend he wasn't. They were better together, sure, but only because they didn't know how to do anything else. Dean still didn't totally trust him and Sam didn't trust himself. They were just too fucked up to even consider going in alone, not with the angels circling the way they were. It was getting better. They were trying, but they were never fully in step. Maybe getting kidnapped would give them something to focus on together. A child's shout rang out through the trees. Sam twitched, but it wasn't a scream of horror. It was joyous. Dean nodded towards the sound. Look alive. Civilization. Sam followed behind. There was a neat diamond of sweat between Dean's shoulder blades. Sam always sweated worse than him, and he was drenched by comparison. It had been a long time since he'd felt this kind of heat, physical around them and thick in his lungs. Dean parted wispy trees with his forearm and let them spring back, stepping through the spiky underbrush, silent. There was a clearing up ahead and Sam could make out a squat bungalow through the trees, its siding bleached by the sun. A kid yelped again and there were thumps, 
feet on grass, scuffling. Sam didn't know if it was better or worse that they weren't deeper in the woods. Survival would have been a project, a trust exercise. As they crept up to the edge of the clearing, he could make out the shapes of two kids in a dusty, overgrown lot behind an equally overgrown cabin. At first, Sam thought they were fighting, but it quickly became clear that they weren't. They were boys in their early teens, one appallingly skinny and one normal skinny, one taller than the other, both white, about the same dusty brown hair color. The short one shoved the tall one and tried to hook his ankle behind his leg to trip him. They grappled to the ground, pulling at shirts, pulling hair, vicious and violent, but with no ill intent, like they were wrestling. Sam and Dean crouched in the bushes and watched them, vaguely embarrassed. It was a big clearing, and the kids hadn't noticed them. Dean leaned in, putting his head right near Sam's. They won't be alone. Wait. The kids looked kind of ragged, their sneakers scuffed and old, and it didn't seem like much of a stretch that whatever family lived in the dilapidated bungalow could have been responsible for their sudden change of place. Either they were some backwater freaks with a stake in the apocalypse, and Sam and Dean were right to hide from them, or these people were perfectly normal, and they could go up and ask for directions. There was no visible street past the house ringed with trees. Sam could see the edge of a car around the front, plus a decrepit old truck and the rusted frame of a station wagon. They waited. A cackle from one of the boys, then. Ow! Ow! Fine! Jeez, you win! They both flopped onto their backs in the grassy dirt and panted up at the sky. The taller one was grinning. The other looked sour. Two to one, the grinning one said. Sam listened for an accent to place them and couldn't hear one. Maybe some faint southern twang, but these trees didn't match the region. It was arid. The heat seemed about right for the south, but where did it get so hot in November? How long were they out for to be taken somewhere so much hotter than the blizzard they'd fallen asleep in? The bigger kid hinged at the waist and sat up. He was wearing a Zeppelin shirt. Dean used to have one like it. It had tour dates on the back. Sam spent his whole childhood looking at it. The kid's face was covered in freckles, enough to be seen from a distance. His hair wasn't blonde, and also wasn't not blonde, and it was cut short, almost military. Sam's hand shot out and twisted in Dean's sleeve. Suddenly, the heat was more than oppressive. It was choking him. Dean's sweaty hand covered his and tried to pry him off. Ow, Sam, what? He looks like you. Sam said all in a rush, feeling stupid, feeling fucking insane. Like, a lot like you. Can you see him? Dean's hand was still on Sam's, but it wasn't moving. They both stared. I wasn't that small, Dean said eventually. But... You had that shirt, though, right? Sammy. It says 1971 World Tour. I can see it from here. That's the same one. You... Look at the other kid. The shorter one had sat up. He was younger, all bones, a soft little kid face. 
His hair hung in his eyes and his ears stuck out. So? Dean's fingers slowly closed around his own, still clenched in his sleeve, until it hurt. That's you, Dean said. Sam's heart went nuts. I didn't look like that. You fucking did. He looks just like you. Not even close, but he, Sam jabbed a finger at the kid in the Zeppelin shirt, is 100% you. That doesn't look anything like me. The shirt's messing you up, but that is totally you. Look at his nose. He's... Boys. A voice barked from the house. Both Sam and Dean and the kids on the lawn twitched with reflexive panic. The screen door creaked open in the shadow of the cabin's porch, and a figure came out. He hit the sun. It was John Winchester, shielding his eyes and squinting into the yard. Dean's fingers crushed Sam's so hard he swore he felt something crack. He couldn't bring himself to pull them away. Come on. John called to the kids. You're on your own for dinner, so bring a 20. I'll pick you up tonight. Even the gist of him was immediately recognizable across the distance. Sam could have recognized him by the back of one elbow. John was a concept more than a man, and God, he looked young. He was so broad. He was wearing a long-sleeved shirt despite the heat. Sam's thousand emotions all crammed into his chest together. Grief, relief, joy, love, rage. The boys scrambled to their feet and brushed dirt off their knees. One from his jeans, the other from skin. They said nearly in unison, Yes, sir. John went back inside, and they jogged across the yard and followed him in. The shorter one tripped the other going up the stairs and got swatted for it. The shorter one. The... Sam stared at the back of his head. Dean's hand fell away from his once the boys were inside. They stayed crouching in the bushes for a while longer, staring at the closed screen door and listening to the indistinct voices from within, loud in all the quiet. Sam craned his neck to look at the car in the front yard again, like he really needed to check. As if he could have ever mistaken that taillight. They waited until the Impala pulled out of the driveway and down the forested road before they went into the clearing. They didn't say a word to each other the whole time. Dean went to the spot in the dirt where they, they, had been wrestling and stared down into the patch of flattened grass and the scuff marks left by their sneakers. Sam watched him from the porch and waited until he was done. Sweat poured down his face. Dean joined him, wiping sweat from his brow with his forearm. The door was locked and they didn't have their kit, so Sam peeled off his white v-neck, wrapped it around his fist, and busted the glass door in above the handle. Using the shirt was half for safety, and half for an excuse to take it off that Dean wouldn't bully him for. But Dean wasn't joking with him lately. That part was stilted, too. It was almost politeness. No friendly jeers, and it made Sam's skin crawl. Dean being polite to him felt like the end of all things. The house wasn't much cooler inside. Opening the door scuffed the salt line, and Sam made a mental note. Watched Dean make it, too.
the place reeked of age in the heat. Just three small and filthy rooms abandoned some time ago, but with evidence of recent habitation in clothes thrown over a tweed couch, a box of cereal on the cracked countertop, news clippings on the table. Sam ventured slowly in, hanging his shirt from the back pocket of his jeans. Dean stood over the clippings. Sweat dripped off his nose and made a perfect dark circle on a square of newspaper. Oak Run. Sam had been staring at the cereal box. He hadn't seen French Toast Crunch in years. What? Oak Run, California. We squatted in a shitty little house by the highway during that heat wave. Dean lifted his head and looked around. Looked a hell of a lot like this, didn't it? Sam's heart hadn't stopped beating in his throat since they saw John. Not since he saw the Zeppelin shirt, really. Those newspapers got a date on them? They sure do, Dean said. Sam stared at him until he picked up a paper, stalled for a while, then read, August 5th, 1996. The paper wasn't dry or yellowed. Sam couldn't find it in himself to be that surprised. Not really. Not after everything. He went up next to Dean and looked at the papers anyway. All the dates were late July and early August, 1996. He turned and surveyed the room with fresh eyes. One of the shirts thrown over the back of the couch was a bright green John Deere promotional t-shirt he'd hated. Dean's beloved Walkman was sitting on the coffee table, its front plate cracked from when Sam threw it on the asphalt outside a diner during some fight. Dad was hunting that, that chimera, and we... Dean shook his head. That wasn't California. Yeah, it was. It was right here. Shit. Dean ran his fingers over the clippings. What sicko would bring us back here? There was a sound from outside the front of the house, a scuff of gravel. Just an animal, maybe, but... The front steps creaked. Sam whirled towards Dean, panicked, marking the distance to the back door and coming up short. They didn't hear. There was no time. The only thing Sam could think to do was yank Dean's shirt out in his fist, grab the amulet, and shove it down his collar and out of sight. The front door banged open and John Winchester barreled in, aiming a shotgun at their heads. It was something neither of them had ever seen from the front. Hands up, John barked. They both did it without thinking. Whoa, hey, don't shoot, don't... The fuck are you doing watching my kids, you fucking perverts? Over his shoulder, Sam saw Dean lingering in the doorway. Dean minus more than ten years. Sam stared at him helplessly, aware that he wasn't helping the situation at all, but he didn't remember him looking like that. When he was a kid, it seemed like Dean had been born six feet tall with a five o'clock shadow, but the kid in front of him was so weird and slender and pretty in the face, big green eyes and long lashes, arms crossed defiantly over his chest. It was 1996, so he'd be... Sam tried to do the math quickly in his late teens somewhere, not even 20, 17. Obviously, he'd seen or heard the two of them in the bushes. If they'd realized who he was, they would have known better. John jabbed the barrel of his shotgun into Sam's cheek.
you didn't stare at a guy's kid, not one who looked like Dean. Sam remembered that well enough. John snarled. Eyes on me, freak show. John was young, too. Hardly 40, if that. His eyes were bright and clear, and his face was lined, but he was young and firm and handsome, less grazed than Sam ever remembered seeing on him, and as close to clean-shaven as he ever got. Sam never realized how much John looked like Dean, but it was obvious then, with the years between them somewhat bridged. Next to him, Dean waved a hand. Hey, now, this is a misunderstanding. No perverts here. We weren't... Sam couldn't see him, but he heard the frantic edge to his voice. He wondered if he was also having a hard time keeping his eyes off the kid in the doorway, off him. Definitely weren't looking at your kids, man. It's not like that. Sam remembered he still had his shirt off. Also not helpful. He felt sweat slipped down his sides from his pits. He glanced towards the young Dean again, who was looking back at him. That was better, he figured, than the kid looking too closely at Dean, even if his eyes skated over Sam's bare chest with what looked like wary disapproval. John turned the gun towards Dean. You'd better tell me what it's like then, because this ain't looking too good for you. Sam prayed John wouldn't recognize them. You didn't meet a guy and think, hey, you look how my son might look in 10 or 20 years. John was perceptive enough, but time travel wasn't in his wheelhouse. Not yet. We're hunters, Dean said quickly, and Sam watched the younger Dean's eyebrows go up. We, we heard you were after that chimera, right? Down in the canyon? The one that's been eating hikers? Says who? Sam could see the gears turning in Dean's head, trying desperately to scrape together some memories. Uh, I don't know. A guy we talked to back in Eugene. Kind of scruffy, wore a hat. Said you were headed down here. And so what if I was? So we... We did a chimera last year. Thought we ought to lend a hand. You can't find much on him, and it's gotten, what, a dozen people? So you figured you'd spy on my kids and break into our place? Can't use a fucking phone? Dean winced. Yeah, not a great look. I'll give you that. We've we've had a rough go of it lately with other hunters, you know? And this place is in the middle of nowhere, so we just wanted to check it out. Sorry and all, but we were just looking to help. Honest. He put his hands up higher. I just want to say it again. Not looking at your kids. The dean in the doorway snorted a laugh. John's gun lowered an inch. He looked at Sam and his eyes flicked down to his bare chest. Dean answered the unasked question. That's my partner, friend, guy. He's a sweaty son of a bitch. Sam's hands were still raised. He brought one down to offer it to shake. Mark, Sam said their most recent aliases. He's Tom. Dean gave a little wave. Hi. He smiled at John and Sam got a spike of panic. He could pick out Dean's dumb grin in any lineup, spotted at 40 yards in fog and sleet, the way he put his tongue behind his teeth like that. Their dad might too. If he did, he didn't say anything. The gun went down, 
John. He said, still scowling, but it was a win. He made no move to introduce the kid in the doorway. They wouldn't be asked to babysit anytime soon. Put your damn hands down. They did. Sam looked at the younger Dean, who was still staring at him and chewing the inside of his lip. He looked away when Sam's eyes met his. John said, Try not breaking into my house next time. Dean grimaced. Yeah, uh, that one's on us. John glanced back at the kid and jerked his head to the right, off somewhere, maybe to wherever Sam was. Sam's stomach gave a nervous lurch at the thought of seeing himself at 12, 13, looking into his own eyes while pretending to be a guy named Mark. Teen Dean nodded and stepped out of sight. John shouldered his shotgun. I gotta drop the boys at the church, but meet me at the bar at four. We'll talk, Chimera. Dean said, hey, bring him along. The big one seems sharp. John glared at him. Sam smacked Dean on the shoulder a couple times, less amicable and more, shut up. Sam said, stop talking about your kids. Got it. We'll be there at four. After the Impala drove off, they walked down the hot, dusty highway to Oak Run's only bar, which was attached to its only motel. Their wallets hadn't made the extra-dimensional jump, but they managed to win a decent chunk of change from a couple of particularly cocky darts players. By half past three, they had enough to get a room for the night and a couple beers. This is fucked, Dean said. It was the 20th time he'd said it since they sat down. Sam hummed in acknowledgement. The bar was musty and small, and they were tucked away at a table in the back for the sake of privacy. A guy who may or may not have been the bartender wandered in from the kitchen a few minutes after they sat down, then left when they said they were waiting for someone. They only had enough cash for one beer each and wanted to ration it for when John showed up. The guys they beat at darts left, so the bar's only other patron was an old lady nursing a watery, greenish cocktail and working her way through a stack of scratchers. It's gotta be angels, right? Sam plucked at his sweaty shirt. The bar wasn't air-conditioned. No one else does this. I guess, but why now? What do they want us to do? Dad's chimera hunt wasn't anything. He was just gone for three weeks. You remember? Yeah, Sam said slowly, stretching it out. He didn't want to be the one to say it. Mostly, I remember what happened while Dad was on the chimera hunt. Dean clicked his tongue. It took him a while to answer. In the pause, he twisted off his ring and put it in his pocket. The amulet was still down the front of his shirt. Wasn't sure if you were old enough. Sam rolled his eyes. I was forming memories by 13, but thanks. I also walked and talked and wiped my own ass. Dean smacked him in the back of the head. Sam smacked him back, and it unlocked something tight in his chest. For whatever it was worth, it seemed like Sam was right before. Having a common goal was making it easier to be around each other. It replaced the apocalyptic stress with being forced to relive their first colossal failure as hunters, and somehow, that was better. Dean said, If you're trying to lighten the mood, it's working. I know. 
Sam looked towards the door again and waited, in an excited, horrified way, for his very young and very alive father to walk through it. What do they want us to do about it, though? I don't see why it matters to them if we fix something we screwed up when we were kids. If it's Zachariah, or any of them. If it's him, and if he wants us to fix it. Maybe it's something else. Hey, you're the sci-fi nerd here. How worried should we be about messing with the space-time continuum or whatever? How come I don't remember having two guys who looked just like us break into the cabin before Dad left on the hunt? You'd think if we were going to mess something up, we'd already know it. You know? Rewriting it all at once. Sam tried to leave it at that. It would break their brains if they tried to sort it out. Maybe we can ask Dad. I'm sure he'd love the two... 30-year-old strangers talking about his teenage son some more. Dean groaned and put his head down on the table. Don't remind me. At least I had my shirt on, genius. He kept his head down inside. This has got to be a parallel universe or something, because I never look like that. Hate to break it to you, but you look like that till you were 20, Bambi. Oh, shut up. If it helps, I also remember you being a lot bigger. Dean kicked him under the table. It was just a little too hard for Sam to know whether he meant it playfully or not. The bar door swung open and Sam thought, huh, that guy looks like dad, before he remembered. John spotted them, nodded, and came over. Sam's stomach twisted up in knots and he put his hands on his knees to keep from biting his nails. It was beyond weird not just to see John back from the dead, but to be only ten years his junior, give or take. It didn't feel real. For all they knew, it wasn't. Sam watched in agony as Dean went in for a hug, realized what he was doing, then turned it into a horrible, too familiar pat on John's shoulder. John looked similarly put off by it. Uh, Tom, right? John asked. Yeah, Tom. How about you go get us some beers, Tom? Sam laughed. Dean glared daggers at him and slunk off for the bar. John smiled and shook his head once he was gone. Funny friend you got there. He's harmless. You know how it gets on the road. He's rusty with people. John whistled. Don't I know it. There was a not quite comfortable silence. Sam studied John's face with what he hoped was more tact than Dean had, weird and tense and entranced nonetheless. He thought John was a hundred years old when he was a kid, older than all the parents in the podunk Christian towns they passed through who had their babies at 18. Later, after Stanford, in the face of all Sam's rage and fear, he just seemed old and small. Looking at him now, Forty seemed young, he looked tan and handsome, and so much like Dean. John caught him looking and frowned again. Sam was halfway through an ill-advised, involuntary, sorry, sir, when Dean saved him by coming back with beers. Nice ride out there, Dean said, ignoring Sam's pained look. It got a smile out of John. You like cars? Yes, sir, we got the same one. Uh, same make, I mean. An old Impala. Not the same same. That would be weird. John took a beer from Dean as he sat down. 
His eyes slid from Dean to Sam and back. You share a car? A meaningful pause. Sam realized too late what he was struggling with. So you're, uh... That classic Winchester tact. Two guys, one car. Sam's ears got hot. No, 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 not, not like that. We're not. John raised a hand. Hey, there's nothing wrong with. Sam stumbled into, we're not. We're friends. Partners. Partners like we hunt together. We're childhood friends. Sam always felt the need to tack on childhood friends when he could, because as embarrassing as it was to admit, nothing else short of brothers or lovers explained their level of familiarity. They learned it was better to give an explanation than have people choose their own adventure out of the other two options. He glanced at Dean, mortified, didn't even begin to cover the look on his face. Sure, John said, dubious. My bad. Dean drank half his beer in one pull. Sam nursed his, moving his thumbs through the condensation on the side of the glass. So, the chimera. He nudged, trying to get them somewhere else. It's in the canyon, right? The trails? John said, Looks like. We just got into town the other day. I haven't had a chance to check it out. You two take on something similar? Dean nodded into his beer, subtly meeting Sam's eyes. Uh-huh. Around here, too. John squinted at him. This is the first chimera in these parts for a long time, far as I could tell. Dean just nodded some more. Well, it was a long time ago. Then Sam half-listened as Dean, with his encyclopedic fanboy knowledge of John's hunterly exploits, even so many years later, told John about gaps in his research that John himself had told Dean 13 years ago when he got back from the hunt. How the blade had to be silver, and turquoise in the hilt was a bonus. How cutting the snake tail would be bad news, and crushing it was best, or ideally he'd avoid it altogether. How saving the claws could earn you a pretty penny if you had low enough moral fiber to sell them to witches afterwards. And John did. Sam wiped the sweat from his neck and thought about how John would be hunting that chimera for three weeks until nearly September and how his boys would be alone for all of it. Sam knew his chances of escaping another comment about John's sons without a broken nose were slim. But a spark of his old, carefully buried resentment caught fire before he could stop it. How's it being a hunter with kids? He asked. He tried to keep his tone neutral and missed the mark badly. Are you taking them to the canyon? John gave him an intimidating glare that Sam remembered him aiming at good Samaritans, school counselors, and social workers. No, John said slowly. They're staying here. Chimeras are dangerous shit. It's going to take you a while to track it, though. How long do you leave them on their own for? Dean kicked him under the table. Sam didn't look at him. John said, It's none of your fucking business what I do with my kids. They can handle it. Sam scoffed. Yeah, I bet it takes longer than three weeks to die from eating nothing but Twinkies. But it's better than bringing them on a hunt, right? 
Only a monster would do that. You got a problem with how I live my life, kid? Sounds like you got something to say. Dean stood before Sam could, clapping his hand down on Sam's shoulder and shoving him back into a seat. Nope, nope, absolutely not, uh, sir. He's, we had a few before you got here. He's just being a dick. I'm sure you're doing what you think is right for your boys, the best you know how. I'm sure your boys get that. John was incensed and confused. He looked between the two of them like there was some bad joke he wasn't getting. Sam saw an opportunity. Maybe they were sent back to stop what happened when John left, and maybe he could fix it right here if he tried. Whether John genuinely listened or took the kids with him to get them away from these weird strangers, it would work. Take them with you, Sam said quickly, on the hunt to the canyon. Take your kids this time. Dean's thumb dug into the back of Sam's shoulder so hard he flinched away from it. John leaned back in his seat. Say that again? Take your kids when you leave town. Don't leave them here. Not for three weeks. They're not ready for that. Or they are, but not here. It's not... Dean had enough. He grabbed the back of Sam's shirt and pulled him to his feet. Okay, we're headed out. Got work to do. It was nice chatting with you, man. He pulled Sam around the table. He didn't need to. Sam was going. Good luck with the chimera. Remember what I said about the silver. John shook his head. Holy fuck, you two got issues. Sam got halfway through. Yeah, thanks for that. Before Dean shoved him out of the bar. Dean pushed Sam into their room at the motel, still furiously rambling. We couldn't just have a beer with our dead dad. You couldn't let me have that? He didn't even know who you were. It was still dad. Fuck. Dean sat hard on the bed and put his head in his hands. Sam went to one end of the room and back, then perched tensely at the kitchenette, guilty and restless. There was a quiet minute. Sam looked around the room and tried to calm down. It was dated and ugly, vaguely nature-themed, wallpaper peeling at the seams and carpeted in a way he hadn't seen for a while. There was only one king. The place didn't have any doubles. Their luck was on another winning streak. It was far from the first time they shared a bed, but it would be awful in the heat. Sam ran a hand through his hair. He was the one being a dick, and he hated it but he had to apologize. Dean. You were trying to fix it, right? Dean lifted his head out of his hands, trying to freak him out enough to take us with him. Little us. Yes and no, but Sam nodded. Seemed like a shortcut, if that's why we're even here. But I don't... Sam shrugged. We've got nothing. We haven't heard from Cass. No notes or clues. We're just on the cusp of this big, awful thing. What else could it be about? Another moralizing angel lesson to get me to say yes? Or get you dead? Yeah, maybe. But maybe it's a lesson about this. Someone banged on the door. Dean rose to his feet. Aggressive for housekeeping. The banging started up again as they went to the door. There was no peephole, 
so Dean opened the door a crack and it kicked in, almost catching him in the chin. They both leapt back, barreling in, pointing guns at their faces, were them, Sam and Dean, 13 years removed. The younger Dean went in first and Sam watched in horror, everything going slow, as a smaller boy followed him in, clutching a pistol that looked huge in his two small hands. It was sickening in an uncanny valley, brain-wrong kind of way to see his own face and recognize it. Finally, close up. He was so fucking young. His hair hung in his eyes and curled at the back the same way it did now, tucked sloppily behind one ear, long enough to reach the collar of his shirt. He had a long, gawky neck and wore a giant t-shirt Sam didn't remember, blue shorts, and filthy white sneakers. He had the same mole next to his nose that Sam hoped the kid wouldn't recognize on him. Move, young Dean shouted, shoving Dean back with one hand while the other aimed his gun in his face. It wasn't the engraved pistol. Dean wouldn't get that for a few years yet. It was some cheap black thing. Get back, hands up. Little Sam shoved Big Sam, too, slightly less effective. Sam backed up until he bumped into Dean at the foot of the bed. Dean said, hey, easy, they're up. Dean was staring at himself, looking just as lost and stunned as Sam. Seeing the two Deans so close, Face to face like that made Sam's brain go crazy. Despite the difference in age, they had nearly the same profile, the same eyes. He had no idea how they were going to lie about who they were. Fewer freckles and a slightly different haircut. But wouldn't they know? Little Sam kicked the door shut behind them, his gun still steadily raised. Take it easy, Sam said slowly, placating, looking between the two boys. I don't know what your dad told you, but... Shut up, the young Dean barked. Sam caught a look from Dean. An impressed frown, eyebrows up. He didn't tell us shit. Why were you watching us? We told him we're... That's bullshit. You were in the bushes for five and a half minutes. You're not armed. You've been walking everywhere. And you got this room like an hour ago. Something's up. Little Sam stepped up next to his brother, frowning. And there hasn't been a chimera in the U.S. for like 20 years, not one recorded. His voice. Sam wanted to die. Dean looked like he was having a heart attack. Dean pressed his raised hands forwards, a kind of calm-down motion. We can explain, he said slowly. But you're not going to like it. It's the truth but it's not an easy one. Sam tried to give him a look, but Dean's eyes were fixed on his younger self. They had to be on the same page about not telling them who they were. There was no universe where that worked out. Put the guns down, Sam tried, speaking to his younger self. We'll talk. The kid moved his mouth to one side, thinking. He looked up at his Dean. D? The older boy was still frowning. He looked between Sam and Dean one last time, then lowered his gun and flicked the hammer forwards. Sit, he said, gesturing to the bed. We're listening. He steered little Sam into a chair, then leaned on the edge of the table next to him. 
Neither of them put their guns down. Sam and Dean sat on the end of the bed. It wasn't big, and their knees touched. Sam saw the exact moment that the younger Dean noticed the single bed. Uh, you guys? Next to him, Dean put a hand over his face. Jesus, if I had a quarter. No, we're not. He scoffed. Man, the stone's on you. Nothing funnier or more embarrassing to teenage boys than the concept of two guys doing it. Sammy stifled a laugh. His brother shot him a look that very plainly said, Dude, unprofessional. Sam interrupted to get them back on track. Okay, so I'm Mark and he's Tom. He glanced at Dean. Right? Dean said, Right. And we are hunters. You believe that part? Young Dean squinted at them. Sure. We know what a chimera is, and we're wearing jeans in hundred-degree heat. I think you can trust us there. The kids nodded. Sam looked at Dean and waited for him to go on. But, yeah, sure, we lied about the chimera. We didn't come here for that. Dean looked at him again, and, unsure, Sam nodded. Wait, we're from the future. We know about the Chimera because we were the ones who ganked it. In our 96. Not your dad. Sam kept quiet. It could work. Young Dean was still frowning. You expect us to believe that? Dude, you believe in ghosts. You've seen shit most people never will. You think time travels outside the realm of possibility, but not some dead chick's spirit possessing a clock? The boys shared a look. Sammy made a face that said, Fair enough. Prove it, the younger Dean said, his face stony. You must have something on you. Sam and Dean patted their pockets for anything helpful that might have been left on them. Sam found a penny in the front pocket of his jeans, old but still from 2002, and Dean scrounged up a crumpled parking ticket. They handed both to the kids and watched them turn away and huddle over them, mumbling to each other, looking at them from every angle. Young Dean bit the penny, and young Sam made a horrified face at him. Eventually, they grudgingly returned the penny and the ticket and sat down at the table, guns still in hand. Young Dean pointed with his. Let's say we believe you. Why come back for Dad's hunt? What's going to happen to him? Why do you care? Dean said, it's not about your dad's hunt. You two are going to get up to some shit while he's gone, right? Something you've been working on? Both boys jolted in shock. Sam smiled. Bad poker faces. Young Dean quickly schooled his look into a scowl, but it didn't have the desired effect. God, that face. How do you know about that? Sam said, because it goes badly. He pointed at his younger self, who was staring at him with wide, horrified eyes. He gets heat stroke. And you? He pointed at the younger Dean. Make a series of bad decisions. More importantly, Dean cut in, clearly annoyed by the accusation. It's not a forest nymph. Your research is off, and you're not prepared. How do you know our research is off? Sam sighed. 
because it's a demigod. You almost get yourselves killed. He looked down at his hands. People die. All four of them went silent. Sam was looking down at the scars over the backs of his knuckles, wondering how many scars the kid across the room already had. Nagging in the back of his head was the thought that they were very, very quickly getting in over their heads. The dean on the table was flicking the safety of his gun on and off, head bowed to look down at it. You're telling me we fucked this up so badly that you know about it like ten years in the future? It's so bad people talk? No, we... Sam looked at Dean, questioning, and Dean nodded. We only know because we were there too, back in, well, now. We were up on the mountain with the demigod. Dean added, If it helps, we didn't want to come back. It wasn't a kill Hitler kind of time travel deal. You're not that bad. Then why are you here? Dunno, we didn't ask for it, but the timing lines up with your thing, and that's all we can think of. Sammy asked, So something sent you back? Sam gave Dean a sharp look that conveyed emphatically, No angels. It broke Sam's brain enough to learn about heaven and angels and demons as an adult. He didn't need it at 13. Something, Dean agreed, leaning back on his hands. So you're stuck with us till we figure that out. His younger self hopped off the table, brandishing the gun again. Wait, stuck with us? Stuck with who? You're not coming with. Dean scoffed. What part of you fucked this up so bad people die did you not get? We're going, and you're going to stay here while we clean up your mess. They hadn't talked about this. Sam tried to catch his eye and couldn't. Fuck that, young Dean said. So what if it's a demigod? We know now. We'll just go back to... Dean held up a hand and started ticking things off in his fingers. You don't have time to hit the books. We already know what she wants and what's going to happen. You're not half as good at survivalist shit as you think you are. And we can walk faster than you. Bullshit. We've been planning this for weeks. You can't just... Sam held up a hand. Hey, come with us, then. The kid looked downright disgusted. You want us to go into the woods for like a week with two drifter freaks from the future? We're going to end up on a milk carton. We're not freaks, Dean said flippantly. For all you know, we become best friends after the demigod thing. Maybe we grow up together. Sammy leaned forwards in his chair. Do we? Dean turned his thousand-watt smile on him. That's between me and future you. Sammy's eyes were huge and interested. His brother turned around to look at him, already frowning. Sammy, it's not... Sam. Sam. Don't look at me like that. It's fucking stupid and you know it. Candy from strangers, dude. The younger Sam leaned forwards, meaningfully. Time travel, D. Young Dean wiped a hand over his face, that familiar silver ring flashing. He turned to face them. Come over tomorrow once our dad leaves. We'll talk. Dean grinned at him. Again, Sam had no idea how they didn't know. 
It was like looking in a funhouse mirror. Same but different, the shape of his mouth and the line of his jaw. Not such a stubborn dick after all, Dean said to his younger self. The kid rolled his eyes and shoved his gun into the back of his jeans. He ushered Sammy to the door, but paused once he had it open and turned back. You don't want to know our names? Dean raised his eyebrows. Time travelers, dude. Keep up. Sam added, You also already said them. The kid blushed. Sam hadn't seen Dean do that for a very, very long time. Fuck off, he grumbled, then shoved Sammy through the door and slammed it shut behind them. The silence echoed for a moment after they left. Sam laughed, stood, and shook his head. So, did I always have you by the balls, or did that start around 10 or 11? Dean kicked at him. It's called being a good brother. Did you see how teeny you were? Making those big fucking eyes over time travel, you dork. You haven't changed a bit. Dean scrubbed a hand over his jaw and looked around, thoughtful. Were we always so annoying? Holy shit. Probably. Sam went to the window by the door to watch the kids leave, but they were already gone. Are you serious about going with them? Don't see what else we do here. We might as well try our hand at fucking up the space-time continuum. It could be bad. The worst thing will be answering to Tom for a week. I hate you. Whatever, I panicked. Sam turned around. Dean was laying spread out on the bed, staring up at the ceiling, pensive. Hey, sorry about Dad, by the way. For whatever it's worth. Dean shrugged. It's cool. It wasn't. Sam knew that spending time with John, even as some dork named Tom, would have meant a lot to Dean. He didn't know what to say or why Dean wasn't ripping into him for it. He pulled his shirt away from his skin again with little relief. He remembered how bad the heat was from their first time through. He was going to rot. The motel's last room was, of course, not air-conditioned. Dad might still be at the bar if we head back. You want to give it a shot? Dean looked up at the ceiling for a while. Sam watched his chest rise and fall with a huge breath. Yeah, might as well. They went, and John wasn't, but they made enough money at darts to get the gear they'd need for the hunt. Dean wasn't sour, but he was quiet, and he kept one eye on the door.